Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hi, my name is Adam Grigsby, and welcome to another episode of Fire Talk Radio. I'm here with Deborah Lacewell, and we're really excited once again to have Dr. Frank Sumrall on the show tonight, going through another teaching to bless the body of Christ. Deborah, go ahead and greet the people. Hello, everyone. We're really excited tonight, like Adam said, to have Dr. Frank Sumrall on here tonight, and we are so excited. And uh, Frank, I haven't. I'm going to answer your phone right now. Your call. Hi, Frank. We're live on the air. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How about yourself? We're, I'm doing great. Adam and I are excited to have you here tonight. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're We're going to deal what we dealt with the last previous times that we were talking in the fire talk. So I think that's quite important because understanding where we are in the connection of heaven. And we're trying to relay to a lot of people how that the presence of the Lord is utmost. It's the most important thing, the presence of the Lord. We're going to show you several things through the scripture having to do with the fire and the glory and the manifestations of the Spirit, how that those signs of his presence are so wonderful. But in reality, although we have signs, we have wonders, it's better for the presence to be in us than to be exterior. And so I'm going to show you a few things through the scripture on what God wants done in relationship to that fire. The Bible tells us that God is a consuming fire. It says that over in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 12 and verse 29. It says, our God is a consuming fire. So really, when Adam in the garden, when he lost the glory of God, that's what he had. He was clothed in glory. And when he lost that glory because of the sinful nature that came in when he disobeyed the plan and the will of God, then we find that God met Adam generally in the afternoon and the cool of the evening they would walk and talk together. As they walked and talked together, establishing relationship, that one day came and Adam wasn't there. And God called out, Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Now, it's quite interesting because that very word, where are you, wouldn't you think the God of the universe would know where Adam was? Since he knew all things. Well, God wanted Adam to say where he was crying for help, asking God for help. 
But finally, he comes out and he says, we're naked. And then God said, who told you you were naked? So what Adam lost was the glory of God, created in fire, therefore we were created in fire. And when that sin took place, then that fire and the glory of God left mankind. So as we see traveling through that, we see God coming back and talking to mankind in such a way. I want you to look over here at, at uh, this would be Genesis chapter 28. And uh, the story has to do revolving around the very fact that Jacob stole the birthright of his brother Esau. Esau was so angry that he was ready to kill him. So the trip between Beersheba and Haran was close to 400 miles. So Jacob took half of it. He went half of it. He was so exhausted that he stopped midway, midpoint. And what he did, God gave him this dream. You find this record in chapter 28 of the book of Genesis. And so he has a dream. And when he did that, God started speaking to him in that particular area and thought. So from Beersheba toward Haran, that's, that's quite a ways in itself. Because that's where he was going to see Uncle Laban. Uncle Laban was going to protect him from Esau. And that was the plan of the mother. So now, let's look at this here. Verse 12, and he dreamed a dream. And behold, a ladder was set up to the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, all the angels of God, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. What's interesting about that is the very fact they're taking up the prayer requests, and on the other side, they bring down the answer. So we have the requests going up and the answers coming down. And behold, the Lord stood above it. said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land in which you lie. I will give it to you and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt spread abroad the west to the east to the north to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. said, I am with you wherever you go. I will bring you again to this land, but I will not leave you till I have done which I have spoken of thee. Jacob, he woke up out of the sleep, and he says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. So this was the contact with the supernatural. God gave him peace. Then finally he vowed a vow, verse 20, he says this. He, <clears throat> what Jacob said, he said, If God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I go, and will give me the bread to eat and the raiment of clothing to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then, put a circle around then, then shall the Lord be my God. Then he put a memorial there, verse 22. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be for God's house. And of all thou shalt give me, I will give thee a tenth unto thee. Speaking about tithing, all the way back here in the book of Genesis, talking about tithing. And so we have a relationship established. As we follow through here, 
we have many men and women of God that have had direct communication to God. But the next one I want to touch on is Moses here. Moses has the most exciting thing happen. This is in chapter 3 of Exodus. This is where Moses sees the burning bush. Now, because he was in the desert and saw this happening all the time, usually he would not turn aside to see that bush. Now, many times in our lives, we need something to get our attention. I don't know if I reminded you or told you this. <laughs> it reminds me of the story. The story goes like this. That, that uh, man told the story. He says, you know, I've got a donkey, and that donkey, all you got to do is speak to it. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to coerce it. You don't have to push it. You don't have to, you know, whatever. You just speak kindly to it and do anything you want. So the man bought the donkey, he takes it and puts it in the home the barn. And while he's in the barn, he, two weeks later, he calls up his friend. He says, hey, I thought you said this donkey is, is you know, he, he's just some kind of donkey that, that he will operate according to the very fact of what you say. He said, he's been here now two weeks and he hadn't done a thing yet. So the man says, I'll be right over. So he comes over there, looking around there in the barn and, he finds this two-by-four, and he takes that two-by-four, hauls up, and hits the donkey right between the eyes. Kawami. He said, I thought you said that you just got to talk nice and sweet and lovely to the donkey. And then he replied, he said, yeah, but you got to get his attention first. So we trust that that's not your situation, how God has to get your attention that way. The Bible says in several places that he wants to get our attention by even the guiding of his eyes, showing him the connection that we have with heaven. Now, in Exodus 3, what turned him aside was that the bush was on fire and it was not consumed. Because being in the desert, temperatures would rise from 140 to 160 degrees, and they would see many of these situations happen that the bush would burn. But this bush that was burning was not destroyed. And then he said, I will turn aside to see this great sight in verse 3. Why the bush is burning and not destroyed. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see it, the Lord called unto him from out of the bush. He said, I'm here. Moses, Moses, he said, I'm here. He said, don't draw nigh hither. Take off your shoes from where you stand, because the place that you're standing is holy ground. He said, moreover, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. That means godly fear. He was afraid. He was afraid to look on God. And the Lord said, I've seen your affliction. Okay, everyone, we have a little bit of a technical difficulty. Uh, we lost uh, Brother Frank. We'll have him right back on the air in just a moment here. we we'll messaging him, so we apologize for the uh, technical difficulty there, um, letting him know right now. Uh, always a blessing to have Brother Frank on the air. Just bear with us one moment while I uh, while we work on solving that problem. While we're waiting to get Brother Frank back, I just want to give you our email address. It is firetalkradio and the number 2 at yahoo.com. That is F-I-R-E-T-A-L-K-R-A-D-I-O, and then the number two at yahoo.com. And also a good place to call it with prayer requests is one eight six six 
1-866-285-4837. That's 1-866-85-RIVER, R-I-V-E-R. And if you don't have a home church or if you're in the Tampa, Florida area or the central Florida area, and you would like um, to visit our church, is the River at Tampa Bay Church, and it is 3738 River International Drive, Tampa, Florida, 33610. So, um, so you might want to do... You might you you can visit us. Maybe uh, we're having um, Sunday, 10 a.m. and then 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can you can come and vi- vi- visit us then, or Wednesday at 7 p.m. We also have prayer service at 7 p.m. So you can also visit our you can visit our site. Also, you can visit our site at. Uh, revival.com which is R-E-V-I-V-A-L dot com and Brother Frank is with us once again let me answer that call hello Brother Frank you're on the air yes that's all right. but you're back on the air now we're so happy to have you back (laughs) (laughs) well I was just trying to get going there and all all of a sudden I noticed that that uh, that the sound waves have changed Oh. All right, what we're in, we're in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. What we're dealing with right now is the way that God deals with people and how he moves into their lives. And so in Moses' life, he's ready to face Pharaoh, and he asks from God, he said, now what's your name going to be called? And I love this right here. Verse 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. ha, <laughs> ha. Because when God says, I am, it, it, it's all over, baby. That means that God's going to take care of it. That means God is not confined to time. Well, we humans are confined to the present, the past, and the future. We're also confined to different allotments of time. We're also confined to the differentiations of time. Time seems to rule the life of mankind. But God says, I am. When God says, I am, I am what? I am what you need. And so what he was saying to Pharaoh, I am the almighty God. That's what you say to Pharaoh. He said, I am has sent me to you. Then he was going to give the message to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh exactly that let my people go. And it took a little convincing for Pharaoh to even come that way. It took him ten plagues. The last of those ten plagues, that took place in his life. That is an amazing story in the redemption. And what happens, the children of Israel, they're set free. They come out. They go in the desert. And there is a cloud that gives them direction. Let's notice this here for a moment. The cloud, first in the daytime, there is a cloud that that shields them from the intensity of the sun. Then at night, there is a cloud of fire that gives them heat in the desert. I don't know how many of you have been to the desert, but in the desert, it can be very chilly. And so that's what they had. So they had air conditioning, and then they had the heating that God provided for them all the way through the desert. But one of the things where the cloud was, 
was showing the presence of God. Now, today, we don't have to necessarily see the crowd. I want to relate an instance to you. Uh, one, see, I was in a Bible college back in the state of New York. The place was Lima, New York, and the college was called Elam Bible Institute. I was one of the students back there several years ago. And we would have what we call a week of prayer, where all the classes were let out and everyone went to prayer. And so we would come into the main sanctuary. We would pray, seek the face of God. And not only was it a time of prayer, it was a time of fasting. So we had fasted, we would prayed, and this would usually go for a week. But the connection of heaven was so great that I felt in the Spirit many times the cloud of the Spirit was in our building, in the chapel. And uh, while everyone was in there doing that, you, you could feel the intensity of the Spirit of the living God moving in to those students. And while that, that was happening, we, we felt and knew many, many wonderful things. I mean, miracles, healing, deliverances, you name it, happened. Because that was designated as a place of prayer during that time, a week of prayer. So during that, we actually felt the very movements of God, and we could feel like a Shekinah moving into that building. The Shekinah is the glory of God. That is the, what is termed. And so the glory of God was in the building. And many times, the speaker would even sit down, and the Spirit of God would take over the service. That's how strong the Spirit was. Notice that it says there in the Old Testament a couple of places that the Spirit of God was so strong that the band administered by the reason of the cloud because the glory of the Lord had come into the house. Now, I believe in these last days that we're living that we're going to see a greater manifestation of his glory, a greater manifestation of his presence. And when we come to God's house, we're going to know that our God is in the house. He wants to, oh, hallelujah. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to let the blessings of heaven come your direction. Our God is a mighty God, and he wants to display himself. What I say many times is that if you come to God's house, if you will show up, he will show off. <laughs> the demonstration of his power will take place in abundant measure. Glory to his wonderful, precious, and holy name. We give him all praise and glory and honor. Now, what we see here in Exodus chapter 3, the connection where Moses had taken off his shoes. He said, the place you're standing is holy ground. Now watch this. A little bit later on, you'll find a connection to that. Over in the book of Joshua, and Joshua has the same experience just about, but it doesn't have a, what a bush is not burning. It's God coming to him directly and telling him, the place you're standing is holy ground. And so we have the connection of heaven with Joshua. Now, we know that Joshua was a great and mighty general. We know that Joshua, he didn't have fear at all. He was fearless. 
Joshua, the things that he did, and the amazing things that yeah, what happened by doing that. The walls of Jericho fell flat. And we find this in the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua. And what happens, the sixth chapter, they were given instructions exactly what to do. He said the people will come around the city and notice that they did not put the infantry first. They had the praisers and the worshipers. So as they were surrounding the city, now the city of, of Jericho was huge, very, very large. And it would take them some time to go all the way, even to cross Jericho would take them some time. Now, I don't have time to go over it right now, but if you study the history of Jericho, you will see exactly what Jericho is all about. The walls they had, how impenetrable it was for them to hardly move through that. And so for them to even come on the outside of the city of Jericho, and God gave them a plan as to what they were to do and how they were to do it, and the walls would come down, they wondered how. But God had already given the plan. He had already given the direction. This is so amazing here. Again, we look back at the sixth chapter. And so what they did, they did it every day for a while. And on the seventh day, they did it seven times. They marched around the walls. And so in verse 20, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpet. It came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They took it through praise. But again, the connection of heaven was through the man of God named Joshua. Joshua followed exactly what God told him to do and how to do it. And the different ramifications that we have there how God had set everything in order, everything in plan, everything in the design and desire. But the greatest part, I'd say, of Joshua was in the last chapter of Joshua, and this is where we need to understand and know today. This is in verse 15 of chapter 24. It goes on to say that after all these things happened, after Joshua had conquered the different kings, then Joshua says this. He said, But if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the God your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whom you live. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Now that leader, that man Joshua, was so strong and so mighty because he followed the connection of heaven. It was upon his heart. We're totally different than what they had at that time period that we have in our hearts and lives that God has moved inside of us. He's touched us, he's healed us, he's delivered us, he's caused the blessings of heaven to come our way. And so the way that the Spirit of God works in our lives, oh, I love it. I want you to turn to uh, 
being psalm as I was reading these different scriptures, noticing what God had particularly said in that way. And Psalm 3, it's a very simple psalm, very easy. David was acquired with it, and uh, we give him the accolades of that. And what it says here, it says, having to do with the fact and the idea and the plan that God had put forth, uh, beginning in verse 4. Chapter 3, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. My, 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 my. Having to do with the fact that he is the glory and the lifter of my head. He is. He is. And so when we understand that, understand the principles and the power and the blessing of what God wants to do, that uh but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Verse 4, I cried the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. So I believe the connection of heaven with us is the crying unto God, calling out to God, calling out your need, calling out your problem, calling out your desire. I know many times... We have some people who say, well, we just give him an unspoken request. No, he wants you to articulate what your situation is, bring it before him, and as you do that with a penitent heart and inside your heart, reaching out to the living God, he will meet that need. He will touch you. He will heal you. He will, he will cause the blessings of heaven. I, I was just reading a very interesting article. Now, this was several years ago having to do with the fact that John Lake. And John Lake had a friend which called himself an agnostic, meaning that he was not an atheist who did not believe in the God. He just believed that there was a God but not where the God was. That's what his ideas were because he was so intellectual. But he had come down with a terrible, terrible uh, case of, of cancer on his face, on his face. And uh, the granddaughter of this man, about five years old, and don't tell me children can't pray. Don't tell me children don't understand that we must become like little children. And brother and sister, when we become like little children, you watch what God does. I've seen little kids lay their hands on the sick, and I've seen them heal instantly. But this was one of the cases that I saw in reading this book of John Lake that this little five-year-old got up on the lap of her granddaddy. This was the granddaddy. And she just wanted love on him, saw that cancer was on the side of his face, and she put her hand on the cancer and prayed and prayed and prayed. Twenty minutes later, just twenty minutes later, the cancer on that man's face, the grandfather's face, fell off to the floor. <laughs> cancer in the last stages was defeated by the prayer of a child I've seen little children pray I've seen little kids come and pray the intensity of prayer from their hearts we adults many times we try to use everything according to our mind our intellect we kind of resolve on the facts of, oh yes I know this and I know that and I know the other I know the principle and I know the way to do it, and thus and so. And, you know, you continue on with that 
particular jargon, but that's not going to make it. It's a heart toward God, a heart toward God. Like as we were saying last week, it says, as the heart pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee. That's where we come in contact with our God, is our heart speak unto God. Our heart. Not your physical heart, not, not, not the one that has how many beats a minute and all this other. No, we're talking about your spiritual heart. Your spiritual heart reaches out. Like David said, my heart cries for you. My heart reaches out for you. And the Bible says, a broken and contrite spirit you will not reject or refuse. That's one of the keys of moving in to the kingdom. Moving in to righteousness. Moving in to the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know as I speak right now, I feel his presence coming in strong. Very strong. You say, why? We're lifting up the name of Jesus. <laughs> We're calling things as be not as though they are. Calling the blessings of heaven. Whoever's listening right now, they're coming down your road, they're coming down your place. The blessings of heaven shall and will come to you. All the way through the Psalms, when David made a particular cry unto God, the Bible says that God heard him. When God's not a respect of persons, that means he hears you when you cry. Let's notice something here. We know about Psalm 23. We know other Psalms. We know Psalm 27. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is strength, my life, of whom shall I be afraid? We know about these different Psalms, but like I say, that the Psalms are not written in chronological order. Because when David came back from the terrible sin of having Uriah killed, Bathsheba's husband, and the way and the plan and the way he did it, then the man of God called Nathan faced him, and he gave the story about the little ewe lamb and about the rich man. He had all these lambs, had all the, the flock, and this guy had one little lamb. And they used his lamb for the party that they were about to have. And David jumped off the throne and said, who is that man? And David said, you are the man. You are the man. And David went to repentance. We have to look at the repentance psalm. And if there's problems and situations in your life or sin, just all kinds of sin, sin has been taking you over, then I suggest you read this Psalm 51. As David recorded here, he said, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. Now, see, that's the problem with a lot of us right there. We like to hide sin. But with God, they're, they're not hiding it. You can't hide from God. David said, If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I make from the heaven to hell. He said, you're everywhere. You're omnipresent. That means God is everywhere. He's everywhere. And so, by David saying that, acknowledging, he said, I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. Then he didn't make any, you know, a lot of times what we come up with are excuses. We say, oh, this one did this, and this one did that, and this one did this, and that, and the other. And said, that's the reason why I did, I did. No, no, no. David said, against you, you only, hell I sin. 
and done this evil in your sight, that you might be justified when you speak and be clear without judges. And he talks about sin in itself. I was shaped in iniquity and sin in my mother conceived me true. Behold, you desire truth. Where? In the inward parts. Hidden part. That thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Then he talks about his request. He said, purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Take that. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast not me. Don't cast me away from your presence. There's a key right there. The key of the presence of God is repenting before him. Now, that's not, not something we have to do all the time. Like some people say, oh, yeah, I've, I've got to say this and that. No, no, no. It has to do with if, if you habitually sin, we're talking about. Habitually sin. You know the plan of God. You know the purpose of God. You know the will of God. And you continue to do it. That's a violation of the kingdom. And we get to a point, we get to a place, but when the Holy Spirit shines his light upon our hearts, and he will point out the different sin in our life, he will point out all of the things that are wrong, things that are skewed, things that are messed up, things that are evil, things that have different connotations to it. The Holy Spirit will point that out. And then we say, Lord, Forgive us of this and that and the other, whatever it might be. I, I, I love that so much. Again, I'm going to talk about the very fact that don't cast me from your Holy Presence, your Spirit. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. My, 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 my. Then 12, he goes, verse 12, says, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then 13 is so powerful because after he comes to repentance, after he asks God for forgiveness, after all that's passed, then verse 13 says, then I will teach sinners. I will teach the transgressors your ways and the sinners shall be converted unto thee. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do through us is that we will be a testimony of righteousness to those around about us, to those that are left, right, and center where we are right now. But praising God. Now, this is the way I say it, that praising God, praise goes up to God. Worship comes down from God. And on the other side of that worship is the glory of God. And because we're living so close to the end of time, God has turned up the grid of his power upon his children. And we will see greater things than we've ever imagined. We've ever even thought about his power, his presence, the moving of God, healing, deliverances, everything that we have need of, he can and will provide. He's our father. Maybe you didn't catch what I said last time having to do with the fact that when we have an idea, the idea of surrender, we think of cowboys. We think of somebody holding a gun behind us, reach for the sky, and we're reaching for the sky. But here's what I see when lifting holy hands to a holy God. 
Oh, this is great. Uh, turn, turn back just a few psalms there. Psalm 15. It says lifting. It says, how can we come in to your temple? How are we able to do that? And the answer is in the 15th psalm. It said, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall live in your holy hill? Then God says, said, he that walks uprightly, he that works righteousness, and speaks the truth, where? In his heart. He that biteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, or taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned. He that honoreth them that fear the Lord. you get that right there? The fear of the Lord. He that sweareth not to his own hurt and changes not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, or takes up reward against these innocent. He that do and does these things shall never be moved. Seeking God, going after God, wanting to know God. Who can stay there? When we do something that God has for us to do, it's an amazing thing. Now, in all the things I mentioned, what is involved? Gossiping, tailbearing, false witness, whispering, slandering, false accusations, vain talking, talking about tattling, lying, deception, everything. It's all in there. So get your tongue. Turn around. Let your tongue be sanctified. It can't be. It will be. Hallelujah. God wants to do that for his people tonight. Let your tongue be sanctified, which he wants to take you. And Notice how many times that David cries out to God. I love this. Uh, again, let's look over at Psalm 42. I was just reading through that. And, and sometimes I get hooked on some of these psalms. Actually, the book of Psalms is one of my favorite books. It's 150 psalms, and I try to read through that as many times as I can. I, I, I read from chapter 1 to 150. I want to do that. And uh, I, I just love the psalm. But there are others that I read all the time, too. When, when we get these inside of our spirit, inside of our heart, inside of our life, as David was saying, says, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee. See, it's, it's the connection of heaven where we're calling out to God, we're crying out to God. Said, oh, God, do something here. Heal me, God. Save me, God. Deliver me, God. Let your blessing come. Let your glory come. Let your life come. Let your sweet presence come. And when we release that inside of our spirit, that's the prayer that God hears. Because that not only comes from your lips, it comes from your heart. Then he says, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He said, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they continue to say to me, where's your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I'd gone with them with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept the holy day. Verse 5, he said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. For the help of his countenance. 
Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites and from the hill of Missar. And deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spout. And all thy waves and thy billows have gone over me. Yet, I like that right there in verse 8, yet the Lord will command. Did you hear that? We have come to a time and place in our lives that we don't make suggestions to God. We allow his spirit to work through us. And the spirit inside of us is so powerful and so glorious that automatically it would come out of your mouth. We command. We command sickness. Command situations. We command problems. We command needs. We command all these other things that come against us. Whatever problem has been there, we command the voice of the Spirit of God in us. We'll command these things to go in the name of Jesus. Some of you right there, I'm just talking to you. You're being healed. If you're sick in body, put your hand where the sickness is. I command it to leave your body in the name of Jesus. But you'll be healed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. That the blessings of heaven will come on you and overtake you according to Deuteronomy 28. That you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed all over. Your basket and your store will be blessed. So read Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 14. Read that. That's the blessing. Starting at verse 1 all the way down to about verse 14. How you're blessed. How you're blessed. How you're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. That, 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 that's another thing right there having to do with a relationship with God. Your tongue has to be turned around and talk right. I, I, I have met people in my life. I'm not going to say who they are, but I have met people in my life that are so negative. I don't get, <laughs> I really don't want to be around negative people. People that speak on the evil side all the time. And every time they're walking down the street, it looks like a dark cloud's falling. They're, it looks like they're in a thunderstorm all the time. <laughs> the contortions of their face and the sadness of their side of their soul. You see them, oh, oh there, there, there's somebody with thunder cloud over them. You'll notice these people. You see them walking around. Well, it's time. It's time for that to, to sun to break forth and the rain to stop and the blessing shall come inside your heart and inside your life. Well, let, let's go down to about verse 8 again. So the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. Now, there's some of you out there that might be, you know, maybe you have a situation where... <laughs> You're in a bad neighborhood. I've got news for you. The angel of the Lord will be around his people. The angel of the Lord will be around his people. And he goes on to say in Psalm 91, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand on the right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Then he goes on to say all the blessings. The word of God. Believe the word of God. Have the word of God become inside you. Take that word and put it down deep in your spirit. That's what God wants for your life today. How he wants to bless you. How he wants to heal you. How he wants to save you. How he wants to deliver you. How he wants to let joy come inside you. And for you to be filled with joy. Filled with joy. He will command the loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. And my prayer to the God of my life, I will say to God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten? Why go mourning of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword, 
My enemies reproach me, and they say daily, where's your God? Then verse 11 says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Then in these words, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. <laughs> no matter what comes my way, I'm going to praise him. I shall yet praise you, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hallelujah. That is a blessing for you all. You can receive that. In the connection of heaven, what God wants to do through his people. I see things happening all the time. The Lord is healing. The Lord is setting people free. The blessing of the Lord has been upon you. Some of you need to testify to that blessing, testify to his goodness, testify to his the means and the, what God is doing. I know in these last days what God is going to do in a stronger measure than it before is called the manifestation of his presence. In his presence. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. It gives us information in regard to knowing God in such a wonderful, positive, glorious way. And in the 60th chapter of the book of Isaiah, we read these words. It said, Arise, shine. For thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now, there are some people in different churches that believe this has to do with the dispensation of time. I believe when I read the word of God, what I have here, I can have now. It's talking about the light of God in us. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. And how do we know it's written for today? Because it says gross dark, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness is on the people. But then it says, the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. Now, I've been different. In fact, in fact I was flying uh, several years ago now, and I was in an airplane. And as I was in that plane, we had tremendous turbulence. This is overseas, somewhere, I think we'll find between Mandela and Hong Kong. And that thing was just bumping and carrying on and doing like that. And the people I was sitting, they were, some were counting beads, some were praying, some were screaming, some were, I mean, it was hectic. But I had so much peace on me. One of the stewardesses, how can you do this? You're not even moved. I said, well, I'm the Lord's child. And I know that I've got business to do where I'm going in Hong Kong. And I have the blessings of God's on me, so the plane's not going to go down. Don't have a problem with that. But we just need to ask the Lord to kind of slow it down a little bit, whatever that turbulence is out there. So we just had a quick little prayer, said a little prayer. In about 15 minutes, the air changed. The air changed. And when the plane landed, several of the stewardesses, what did you do? I said, what do you mean with me? She said, when I came back to talk to you, the plane was bouncing around. But now, when we were 15 minutes away from that prayer, or you said that prayer, things changed. And those ladies found Jesus because of what God did. And God wants to use us to speak to nature, to speak to problems, to speak to issues, 
to speak to needs, God is going to use you for testimony for his glory. Now, not only does it say gross darkness, it said the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you and upon you. Then it goes on to say in verse 3, the nation shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. That means they're headed the ways, finding, looking, going after, coming to a point, a place to where God is moving by his power and by his spirit. Over just a few chapters, look over chapter 64. Again, we're dealing with the presence of God. And it, in this information, it said, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might flow down at your presence. Many times when I get in some services, it feels that strong, that the presence of the Lord is so strong. This is what it's like. It's as when melting fire burns. The fire causes the water to boil and to make your name known to the adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did terrible things, it looks like four, came down, and the mountain flowed down at your presence. He's talking about fire coming off of a mountain, coming down the mountain itself. Talking about those things that happened at that time. That's the way. His presence, his presence. We have to understand that the presence of the Lord is so great. And that's going to be on the increase instead of the decrease. <laughs> I see the blessing of the Lord coming in every direction. Healing, setting people free, causing glory to come, causing blessing to come, causing anointing to come. Because all the things of heaven belong to us. We can just take any scripture and show you. And right now it's happening. God is doing things today. Today. This is 2014. God is doing things today. Oh, my, 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 my. I, I might just take one of these times and just tell you all the miracles I've seen in the last few years. One of the great miracles we saw with our own eyes. This happened in Hong Kong, China. We had Brother Morsarello. He's well known. He's everywhere. He lives in California. But he came to our, the church. We had great meetings. And then we were at stadium, a soccer stadium. I remember meetings we had there. And in those soccer, soccer meetings we had at the stadium, it, uh, the people that were non-Christian had some of the greater miracles. One night, I saw over 40 people that had goiters. Visibly, you could see the goiters on their neck. Instantly disappear. Instantly disappear. One night, they got a crippled child in one of the tenement houses. And there's a lot of tenement houses there in Hong Kong. And uh, they brought the boy. And the boy had a built-up So Brother Sorello told the interpreter, would you speak to the boy and tell him to loose that built-up shoe, put it down to the side, and watch what God does. So Brother Sorello prayed, just a simple prayer. He said, Lord, show your power and show your glory to these wonderful Chinese people. 
And as he just prayed a little bit more, we were watching. I, I was pretty. I was maybe maybe second row up somewhere close to that, and the, the whole place was filled. I mean, the, the stadium was full. And as we were watching what God was doing, it wasn't something just you know automatically right out there, but it was moving slowly. But we could see the difference, and within thirty minutes of time, thirty minutes. This boy's leg had grown out over two feet. Two amazing. Now, if God can do it there, he can do it here. He can heal the sick, save those people. In the days that Jesus was on the earth, they had diseases called leprosy. Generally, what a leper would do, they would have to cry out above all the people, saying that he was a leper, unclean, unclean, unclean. If he did not do that, the people had a right to pick up stones and to throw at the leper. At that time, they didn't know anything about pure leprosy. Today, is very limited. I've been to a leper colony. I was in a leper colony in Japan. But I saw leprosy several times. And the Bible says, the leper came to Jesus. He said, if you will, you can make me whole. Now, some people in certain religions have taken this particular instance to say, if it be thy will. Friend, the will of God was done upon the back of Jesus called stripes. And with, I know some of you are saying right there. You say, should I go to a doctor? Should I go here? Should I go there? But basically, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's between you and God. I have seen people healed. They go back to the doctor. The doctor attests to the healing that they have received. We've seen that happen many times. We're seeing medical science and people who have prayed for the sick getting together and comparing notes. <laughs> God doing a long time. Because the word says in Exodus fifteen twenty six, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah Rapha. I haven't got to speak all that yet, but the names of God, the very names of Almighty God. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. Jehovah Nisi, I am your banner. I am. So the different names that were attributed to God having to do with that relationship the names of God, the redemptive names of God are so important because notice what it says there. I am. The Lord is. That's what God has for us. God wants to do what he's done all the way through from the Old Testament to the New and where we're living right now. Oh, hallelujah. So, going back to Hong Kong, because of those miracles that happened in that stadium, Great things happened. The people turned from Buddhism into Christianity because they saw the power of the living God. We're seeing that happening more and more because we're living so close to the end of time. If you go back through the Bible, you find in Matthew 24. And then also you find in, in different ones in Luke chapter 21. 
You'll find that. And if you look through the scriptures, all of them speaking about the times, then it talks about in Second Timothy two three, having to do or not two three, but three two. Look at that. For perilous times you'll come. Then again, you look back to Job. He said, "In the last days, <laughs> I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh." Well, you ask the question: Says, "Well, which one's right?" They're all right, because we lived in the midst of darkness. We have darkness around about us. We have the wars and rumors of wars. We have famine. We have pestilence. We have earthquakes. We have every sign that's talked about there. It, when you see those things come to pass, the Bible says, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. Now, it does not say that we're to set date on it. We can't set a time period on it. Okay, the Lord's going to come a certain day. We have so many people trying that so many times. Nonsense. That's all it is, nonsense. But being in those times, in those days, that God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. We're knowing, we're seeing, we're understanding. I, I love the river because just Sunday morning they had, a, I think, 182, somewhere around there. Maybe I had my numbers wrong. But anyway, we're close to that amount that were born again Sunday morning at the river. That's what God wants. God wants us to reach out for souls, people that we know around about us, people at work, people everywhere else. Bring them to salvation. And sometimes the Lord might even use you. Pray for the sick and to see them healed and to see them delivered and to see the power of God come. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is moving by the power of the Spirit in unprecedented ways. In unprecedented ways. Now, let's look just a couple things here. Talking about the last days. Talking about his spirit. Talking about his glory. Talking about his... If you'll turn with me over here to the book of Joel, it says, in these last days, and it goes on to say, what will happen in these last days? So that identifies exactly where we're at in the process of time. That could not happen back in the 1800s. That couldn't happen back in a certain other time because we're seeing it in such a manner and measure that we're seeing it today. It's a today word. It's a word that God has already set forth from us and showing at his power and his majesty and his glory is going to show up in greater measure than we've ever imagined in our life. God is such a good God. He cares so much for us. He understands our rising up and our sitting down. He knows how much hair you have and how much hair you don't have. But our God is causing the blessings of heaven to come down upon us. And all we got to underdo and understand is in those last days that he said that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I tell you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because our God's about ready to do it in such a measure that we have seen and happened before, and that his presence is going to come on us and overtake us. Oh, how wonderful and how glorious and how, uh, I mean, it's even beyond the measure that we're even asking, that God is doing it for us right now by the power of his spirit. <laughs> our God is an awesome God. Oh, isn't it wonderful? He's doing that. 
So as we see, we're living in those days. We ought to get more excited all the time. Knowing what God wants, this is in the second chapter of Joel, and he's giving a last message having to do with the fact that what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It says right here, talks about Israel, talks about all these other things happen. The years, oh, we could stay there for a long time. Uh, let's go back to 25. It says 25, verse 25, and this is chapter 3 of the book of Joel, part 2, yeah, chapter 2, verse 25. He says, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, cankerworm, caterpillar, pommelworm, great army which I set among you. He said, you're going to eat in plenty, you're going to be satisfied, you're going to praise the name of the Lord your God, that he has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. You will know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God. None else, my people shall never be ashamed. Then, goes on to say, verse 28, it said, it shall come to pass afterward. Now, did you see that word? Afterward. After what? Right in the days that it mentions here. Pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream. Now, that's how you know the difference between old men and young men. The old men shall dream dreams. I qualify. According to your young men, they shall see their visions. And upon my servants... And upon my handmaids, that means the gals get included too. The handmaids, in those days, I will pour out of my spirit. Well, those days are these days. And he goes on to say, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood, fire, pillars of smoke. Sun shall be turned into darkness and moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered for Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and the remnant whom the Lord shall call. That's going to happen. Part of that took place right there, because God said that he would speak in such a way that they would know something about it. Having to do with the fact that what was going to take place, oh, I can hardly wait to see the next day, because God's power and God's anointing is flowing. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, if you're right there, why don't you just raise your hands and give him some praise? Because I feel his spirit working on me and running through me and in my hands like fire. My, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's like the fire of God just, just, just kindles. It has rekindled itself inside of me. Now, I received the Holy Ghost when I was 11, but I tell you what, he gets stronger all the time. The relationship that we have with God gets stronger all the time, that he wants to bless his people. I mean all people. He wants to bless us. He wants to cause the blessings of heaven to come on us and the glory of God to shine through us and to cause these things to happen in his time. And this is his time right now. That's why we're seeing these things. That's why we're experiencing things. That's why God is doing what he's doing now. He, what, you're really what God's saying. He's saying, wake up, earth. Wake up, earth. Every time we've got these bad storms, every time you have a hurricane, every time you have a tornado, Every time you have inclement weather, any time you got all these crazy things going on, God's saying, wake up world. My son's on the way. Listen to me. I mean, all these things. They're talking about global warming and all that, you know, all that stuff. All the things that are happening right now have to do with the fact of the weather and anything else. I'm telling you, God is trying to talk to the people of the earth. He says, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Because that's where we're at right there with the point 
of being wakened up from our sleep. We've been a lethargy. We've been sleeping, like sleepwalking. I read an article one time about someone who was sleepwalking. You know what? They were so sound asleep that they fell out of a two-story building <laughs> but didn't kill themselves. They wondered why they were on the ground. Well, then they could explain later that they hit the bushes first before they actually hit the ground. Isn't that amazing? I tell you, sleepwalking. Well, that's what the church is doing. They're sleepwalking. It's time to wake up, rise up, oh, men and women of God, that his power and his glory and his blessing shall come upon you. Oh, hallelujah. There in Malachi, chapter 4, but unto you that fear my name. Now, there again. Fearing the name of the Lord. And we believe that's going to happen back in Washington, D.C., that the fear of the Lord will be reinstated among the senators and the congressmen, among that of the whole city, Washington, D.C., that the fear of the Lord will begin and start. Notice what it says. The fear of my name shall the Son. Did not say the S-O-N. It says the S-U-N. The Son of Righteousness. Arise, what? With healing in his wings. And you will go out and forth and grow up as calves of the stall. One of the translations it says, the best in the stall. <laughs> Causing those things to be. What God is doing in these last days, I'll tell you what, when, oh, my, my, my. I get so excited about what God is doing. Every day gets a better day. Every day is a day of anointing. Every day is a day of the blessing of the Lord. And causing his power and his glory, his majesty to flow in such demonstration of the blessings of heaven. And I, I love this in the book of Acts. I'm taking you another scripture in Acts. In Acts, we find these words, and they're so powerful. And, and so this is why. Paul the Apostle, he said, wraps it up in the whole situation regarding his life, regarding ministry, regarding the things that he's been through. Out of the uh, 26th chapter of the book of Acts, it said this. So when God gave him that commission, this begins in verse 17, delivering you from the people and from the nations to whom I send you to. And what was he to do? Paul was sent to do this. It's so amazing. He said, this is why I'm sent. This is why I have that commission. We're having some connection issues tonight, but uh, it's been glorious regardless. So let me just go ahead and uh, messaging Frank and let him know that we lost him again. Right. Uh, but good. it's mm-hmm. going to be good. Uh, we'll just hold tight, and uh, we'll, Frank will read it right back on. It's been wonderful. My goodness, this has been um, just so, the anointing is so strong in here, Adam, isn't it? Yeah, it's a powerful teaching. And I'm sure that people can feel it there, wherever they're listening, whether it's live or if it's if it's a if it's a rerun, a replay, or an archive. Because with that, um, there's no distance in time or in the spirit, so that's that's pretty awesome as well. You know, something that he was uh, talking about was that we need to wake up. And I was looking at, uh, I looked it up in. And it's uh, Ephesians, Ephesians five, five fourteen. I was thinking about that one particular 
scripture in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, while we're waiting for Frank, because it's been, he's been wonderful. It's been wonderful, this whole teaching. And uh, we're waiting on him because we've had some technical difficulties, but the anointing is not, you know, I mean, the anointing is awesome. And I'm excited. This has just been so wonderful. So I'm looking up in Ephesians 5.14. It says, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Um, Brother Frank has been talking about waking up from our slumber, waking up from from our complacency, and not sleepwalking spiritually, because that's what a lot of Christians do. And so, with no further ado, I'm going to go back with Brother Frank. Hold on one second. Brother Frank, you're back on the air, live. Oh, well, yeah, well, I tell you what, the devil doesn't like what I'm saying, so he's kind of trying to knock me off after time tonight. All right, but I'm, I'm I love what, what I got to say here. I'm just going to finish this up. You'll find that in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 26, and uh, beginning to read in verse 17 to 18, delivering you from the people and from the nations to whom I'm now sending thee. That's what God was speaking to Paul, and Paul was telling them, King Agrippa, give me the information. And here he, what he was to do was to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified. That means made holy by faith that is in me. Then he told King Agrippa, he said, I was not disobedient until the heavenly vision. What a word. What a power. What a glory. And so, that's what I'm wrapping up this time with it. And we will be back with you. And it was good being with you. And even though I got knocked off a couple of times, that means the enemy doesn't want me to say what I'm going to say. Because down deep in my spirit, <laughs> there is a bonfire moving on, moving through. So if you're sick in body again, just touch your body where you're sick. And we will rebuke and come against the attack of the enemy on your body, in the name of Jesus, if you are loving the Lord, serving the Lord, blessing his wonderful name. You have a right and a privilege. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. So we can say, Lord, I'm your child. I expect my healing. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for setting me free by the very stripes that were laid upon your back. The word of God says, by his stripes we are healed, and by his stripes you were healed. That means it's already taken place. All you have to do is like when you go to a bank, you have to take a check, you endorse that check, and then you can receive monies. So now we take to the bank of heaven, we take it to the bank of heaven and says, this is what we need, this is how we thank you for what you're about ready to do. And so we take it in good confidence that it shall be and it will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get that last part? Hello. Yes, hello. 
Yes, hello. Yeah, you're yeah. on. You're, yes, you're on the air. Yes, you're still with us. And I tell you what, Brother Frank, it, 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 the fire is so strong. The anointing is so strong in here. I'm just loving every word you're talking, every word you're saying. And even if you got knocked off a couple of times, we you still yeah, try. Yeah. If you want to take the whole the whole time, I mean, we don't uh, mind. <laughs> it, it, it's all right. I, I had some other things that I had to do, so I, okay. you know, I have to schedule you in. That's what I'm doing right now. So. All right. Well, we're privileged so, and honored uh, and grateful. Well, thank, you, thank you for the opportunity again. And, and uh, anyone wanting to give response to what we've said, call Brother Adam, and uh, we can get some information going that way. That'd All be right. great. Yes, yeah. Give me blessed. Body, soul, and spirit. Thank you. Greater, my friends. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Amen. Yeah. Doctor. I mean, but not Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, bye, Frank. Doctor Frank. Dr. Frank. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, we always love it when Doctor Frank comes on. So Doctor Frank's been uh, talking a lot about the uh, the glory of God upon the church in the last days. So we're gonna keep flowing in that vein. Um, God gave me. A very strong revelation in the 90s, and the that he gave me it was Joshua 3, 5, and this is what it says. This is what came out of the Word of God to me one day in the 90s, and it said, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow Jehovah will do wonders among you. And at that time, I just, I didn't even know what tomorrow meant. I thought it was just like a general tomorrow, you know, get ready, because God wants to do great things. Um, but as time went on, there were the, this revelation began to develop, and I want to go ahead and start with uh, Exodus 19:10. And uh, this is um, a teaching, uh, and what was amazing was is that as this developed, I began to notice that old-time men and women of God used to teach this. You just don't hear it in the church very much, prophesying about the glory coming in the last days. And this is Exodus 19.10. And the Lord said to Moses, go and sanctify the people, set them apart for God today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So God's telling Israel there he's giving them two days to prepare themselves, and on the early the morning of the third day, he's going to come down in his glory in the midst of the people. Notice that Joshua says in 3.5, he says, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, I'll do amazing things among you. Now that word that God gave me was in the 90s, which was in what? The second thousand years. We were at the end of the second thousand years since Jesus died and again. Now just recently entered into the third thousand years. We've, now we're talk, so we're talking about two different thousand-year periods. Isaiah 30:26 talks about the glory of the end days, and it says, Moreover, the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold like the light of seven days concentrated into one. In the day that the Lord binds up the hurt of his people and heals their wound, um, you know, it's very clear here that it's saying that basically all the glory from the previous day, from the, from the previous periods, will be combined into one in this last day. That's why the Bible says the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water does the sea. So it's like, you know, the glory in the Old Testament, forget about it. The glory in the book of Acts, child's play compared to what's happening. The, all the glory, all the ways that the Lord, Lord manifested himself since creation will be, will be combined into one in this last hour, the Bible's saying. Isaiah thirty twenty six. Uh, again, it, I mean, sorry, this is, um, sorry, wrong verse. Uh, Hosea 6, 1, 3 through 5 says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He is torn, but he will heal us. So again, we're talking about the day that he binds up his people. After two days, he will revive us, give us life, and on the third day, 
He will raise us up that we may live before him. Yes, let us know, recognize, and be acquainted with and understand him. So that's what it's all about, knowing Jesus. Let us be zealous to know the Lord, to appreciate, give heed, and to cherish him. His going forth is prepared as certain as the dawn. He will come to us as the rain, as the latter rain that waters the earth. Therefore, I have hewn down and smitten by means of the prophets. I have slain by the words of my mouth. My judgments pronounced them are like light that goes forth. So God's saying here, on the second day, he, he'll revive us. He's going to bind up our wounds. And on the third day, he's going to raise us up to live in his sight, and his glory is going to come to the church. You know, so that's what we're facing right now. God is, God is binding up his people, and God is preparing his people. And here in the third day, we're going to see what Pastor Frank's talking about, Dr. Frank's talking about, the glory of the Lord coming again to his people. And it's not just going to be like Book of Acts. It's not, oh, well, would it be great to go back to the Book of Acts? It's not going to be like that. The Bible says it's going to be like all the glories of, of the past days rolled together in one in this last hour. Amen? Right. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, I was thinking about that as well. And, uh, in, in, uh, was it Joel 23 that he read earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was just that was uh, powerful because I mean to think about the former and the latter rain and how the latter rain is just going to be more than that and uh, you know so um uh, you know it's, 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 I mean I was just, I mean bears worth repeating it's like Joel two twenty three so rejoice O sons of Zion and be glad in the Lord your God for He has given you the early rain for your vindication and He has Pour down for you the rain, the early and latter rain as before. So I was just I was thinking about that and how and how um, just I don't know it, it's just with the former and the latter rain all of it and the glory of God and how I had I was thinking about the glory of God earlier and I had made some notes for it. So I'm going to go to those notes, which I had in that one. And that was because, you know, it, it was like Brother Frank was talking about, Pastor Frank was talking about earlier how the the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, because the desert does get cold during the night. And it's, it's this air conditioning, you know, at, at uh, during the day, during the heat, and then heat at night when it gets cold so with with that one um you know and then also talking about how the priest could not stand to minister because of the glory cloud and in the old testament only the priest could go into the tabernacles you know to experience presence and the glory of god and i'm going to read some part of psalm 27 i don't think i'm going to read all of it for sake of for sake of time, we've got about 40 minutes. If you'd like to call in, you're welcome to. The area code is 646-668-2093. That's 646-668-2093. We've got about 40 minutes. We'd love to hear from you. And I'm going to go to Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my light. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me upon his rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, hear mercy, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. And, you know, the pavilion, it says right there in Psalm 27, And it talks about the pavilion. It says, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And the pavilion in there, it says, um, would you like to expand, expound upon or explain to us, Adam, what pavilion is and then tabernacle. And then I'm going to say some things uh, after that. Well, a pavilion in the context of the scripture is just referring to a place of shelter. You know, in Psalms 91, read it also reads that he hides us under the shadow of his wing. It's basically God saying that, you know, for those that, that follow him, for those that diligently seek after him, that he's going to hide them in this place of protection from the enemy. Now, the difference between a pavilion and a tabernacle is a pavilion would be a go to for shelter, amen. However, a tabernacle, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was a place where the glory of the Lord dwelt, but it was different than the temple in that it was portable. So in the natural, or just here in, the, in modern day, think of like, you know, if you went camping, you would bring a portable dwelling place called a tent for you to have a shelter in. Well, so in the same way, you know, Israel, God instructed Israel to create this thing called the tabernacle, which in area enabled them to carry the glory where they go. So not only do we, so it's two, it's twofold. We enter into the glory of Lord, into his pavilion, into his temple. You know, we, we do that by seeking diligently the presence of God. And as we do that, he hides us in his wing. You know, I just want to say that, you know, the ark of safety in this last day is not just being born again. The ark of safety in this last day is knowing God intimately, learning to press into his presence, learning to enter into that pavilion, enter his throne room. And then if you, and if you will learn to do that, then not only will you enter into his glory, his glory will be in you, and you will be a tabernacle. You will be a walking 
place of his presence. So that would really be the difference between tap pavilion. Pavilion would be is the place where we enter into the place of protection and the glory of the Lord. But as we do that, as we enter into the glory of the Lord, his glory is in us, and then we become walking tabernacles of his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Adam, for uh, um, helping us understand this better. And as I as I said in the Old Testament, only the priest could go into the tabernacle to experience the presence and the glory of God, because only they were they were the ones that were you know if they were clean and pure, uh, they could go in. If they weren't clean when they went in or they had sin, they dropped dead. But um. You know, the Holy Spirit, he no longer dwells in the tabernacles made by men. So that's that's awesome because he dwells in his living tabernacles who are us, Mm -hmm. are his temples. You know, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And thanks to Jesus, we can experience the glory of God through the person of the Holy Spirit and through relationship with Jesus. In other words, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the anointing of the Lord destroys the yoke of bondage. Staying in the anointing will destroy our enemies. It will destroy anxiety. It will destroy fear. It will destroy sickness. It will destroy death. It will destroy lust. It will destroy anything that is not of God. The anointing will destroy anything that is not of God. So when we're hidden, from, we are hidden in, from our enemies in the secret place. And obviously, anxiety, fear, sickness, death, lust, pornography, whatever it is, are our enemies. We may fall entrapped to them from from the temptation, the prey of it, and the snare. But um, we're hidden from those enemies when when we're in the anointing, when we're in the, in the presence of God. In Psalm thirty-two seven, it says, "You are my hiding place." You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. And Selah just means to simply pause and calmly think about that. And as Adam touched on in Psalm 91, it says, he who, abide, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I will trust. Surely he shall deliver me from this, you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. And with that psalm, I personalize it a lot. I say, he shall cover me with his feathers. It says in verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers. I just say it shall cover me. He shall cover me with his feathers. So I just personalize it. In Deuteronomy 33, uh, verses 27 through 28, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy then Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountain of Jacob alone, in a land of grain and new wine. His heavens shall also drop dew. So in all of this, it's, it's, uh, in all of that, I, I, I got this from the Lord earlier before the show. And in all of that, seeking his presence and staying in under his anointing where 
it destroys the yoke of bondage, then then that will uh, destroy those things because we're hidden from the enemy. We're hidden from those enemies, and those enemies are destroyed as long as you stay in the presence and dwell in the glory. So I know that... Um, I feel like you have something, Adam. I'm just going to give it to you. Okay. Well, and Joel, now we've been talking a lot about this glory, and but we sometimes, but I just want to say that the promises of God always have a condition to them. So we want to talk about what it means to enter into the glory of God, you know, what, what it's going to take to do that. Um, you know, I remember I went through, and I've, I think I've said this on a previous show, but it bears repeating. I went through a period where, you know, I took like 40 days once, and I, I, I still worked and did the things I had to do, but everything else I just put aside. And for that 40 days, I really just, you know, sought the Lord. But at the end of the 40 days, it didn't feel like anything had happened. And at the end of the 40 days, God had given me, and it's, this is Joel, and it's Joel 2, 12, and 13. And this is what it reads in the Bible. It says, uh, Joel 2, 12, and 13 says, Therefore now, says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me, with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning, until every hindrance is removed and broken fellowship is restored. Rend your hearts and not your garments and return to the Lord. For your God, he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He revokes his sentence of evil when his conditions are met. Who knows if he will turn and revoke your sentence and leave behind a blessing, giving you the means to which to serve him. Even a cereal or a meal offering or a drink offering for the Lord your God, below the trumpet in Zion, set apart a fast, a day of restraint and humility, call the solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assembly elderly people, the children, the nursing infants, let the bridegroom, even those that are exempt from attending, go forth like that from the chamber and the bride out of her closet, for none is exempt from this. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, have pity and spare your people, Lord, and give not your heritage to reproach that the heathen nations should rule over them or use a byword against them. Why should they say, where is your God? So basically God's saying here, you know, if you want to if you want to walk in the secret place, if you want to walk in this glory, if you want to if you don't want to see, you know, sin come upon, if you don't want to see the shame of the world come upon, people looking at you saying, where is your God? You talk about him. Uh, says that, you know, you have to seek after him. And what I had done is I had taken 40 days and just, you know, did this little fast for God, but God was saying, well, if you haven't broken through yet, then keep coming. And God's saying, you know, I want you, if you're really desperate for me, you know, like a man in a desert, you have to become like a man in a desert. A man in a desert, you know, he just wants water. You can give him a million dollars in a briefcase, you just push your sides. He, he, he can't, what is he going to do with a million dollars? He's going to die. He has to have water. And that's what we have to be like, you know, that we have to be like to, to have this glory, um, my own, you know, personal testimony, you know, I just, you know, God spoke to me in the midst of extreme, like, unbelievable bondage I was in. You know, I remember crying out to the Lord one night saying, God, you know, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I want to walk away from you, but I didn't get saved for this. Why am I in such bondage? You know, and um, I was in such bondage that, I mean, I literally couldn't even think straight. I was so oppressed by the enemy, you know, and that represents a lot of people in the body of Christ. It's like, and, uh, but God's word to me was, Adam, just seek me. 
And so for months, you know, I just sought God. And, you know, my scripture was, you know, Jer- Jeremiah 29, 13. If I seek you, I'll find you. If I search you with all my heart. And so for months, through praise and worship, Pastor Dr. Frank was talking a lot about praise and worship. Through praise and worship and reading his word, I just sought God and sought God and sought God and says, God, you know, I'm not going to be denied. If you said, if I seek you, I'll find you. And then one day, you know, it came out of my spirit and I said, you know, God, if you don't touch me, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to be satisfied. And I'm a bomb because I was everything changed. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So it's this kind of freedom I'm talking about doesn't come through just having some preacher just lay his hands on you. I believe in all those things. But if you're going to have the freedom of the Lord, if you're going to walk in the liberty of the Lord, you're going to walk in the glory of God, the protection of God, you're going to have to learn to find the secret place for yourself. And if you seek him, you'll find him. When you search with all your heart, he's a rewarder of those that diligently, not casually, those who diligently seek him. You know, um, I had told God, you know, that I didn't, like, you know, I was telling God I really didn't have time to seek him. And his answer to me was that I'm not coming for those that wish they had time to seek me. I'm coming for those that are seeking me because you'll make time to be with the one that you love. And so, well, Adam, how do I seek God? Well, the Bible gives us several disciplines, and I'm just going to be brief with this. Praise and worship. Get anointed praise and worship music and begin to worship and seek after the Lord. Uh, and, you know, read the Bible. Start. I recommend if you, not, if you don't have a regular study, start in the book of John. Begin to read through the book of John and then go through the rest of the New Testament on a systematic level. And, uh, and of course, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost, which we'll get into a little bit later. But, you know, the bottom line is um, Jude 20 says, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. If you will begin to seek the Lord diligently, he says, if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Draw near to God. Begin to seek his face. He wants to prepare you. He wants to use you. But in these last days, he's going to use those that learn to touch his heart, that learn to touch heaven for their own, not just through men, you know, men that have done it themselves. Amen. Right, that that uh, scripture you're referring to is Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And what what is His reward? It's His presence. Mm-hmm. It's His wonderful, glorious presence. That's the reward that that He has. Uh, that that he is and that we must believe that he is that he's what that he is who he says he is and that that he's gonna that he's gonna reward so i mean with his presence and that's that's awesome right there and um also you had touched on jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for i know the thoughts that i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Because you had touched on Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to go back a couple of scriptures and talk about that. And you had talked about what you had just said and basically the Lord was just seek me, just pray to me, just seek me. And basically it says in here, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all all your heart. So so with that, you know, that's important too. And that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It means seek them seek him all the time. Um and getting rid of the spiritual junk food as well. 
So with with that um, was some of the things I was thinking about. Amen. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah 33, uh, 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you know not. What an amazing promise. God's saying, you know, if you'll just draw near to me, I'm going to show you great and mighty things. I want to reveal my secrets to you. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just amazing that it's just like, you know, everybody has people that are their close friends that they long for their fellowship and that they reveal their secrets to. And um, so it's very, very important that we diligently seek out because God has things he wants to show you. And so it's it's crucial that we seek after him because he, God wants to be your intimate friend. You know, there's a, you know, a teaching that says that if you're born again, that, you know, we're all just the friends of God. But that's not really, it's not really 100% the case. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if you really have confessed Jesus your Lord and he really is Lord of your life, you are his child. But this intimacy we talk about comes through diligently seeking his presence and becoming desperate for him. And those, that, those kind of intimate secrets of the Lord. A lot of times, you know, you see preachers and you're like, man, I'd like to have that. I'd like to, I'd like to do stuff like that. Well, guess what? A lot of times those guys got that by diligently seeking after his presence and so we need to do the same thing. We can have God's not a respecter of persons, like we've already talked about. He he comes to those who diligently seek Him. You know, Pastor Rodney said uh, he mentioned a great man of God once, and the Lord spoke to the man and says, "The reason I'm using men of God in the earth today is one reason that they've touched my heart. Therefore, I've touched theirs." So if you're tired of casual, everyday Christianity, you're like, man, I want the plan of God in this last day. You know, Lester Sumrall, uh, Frank Sumrall's father, he said, in the last days, God will unleash his giants upon the earth, and the world will wonder where they came from. Why? Because these are, gonna, because they, these are, these are unknown people that just humble themselves, and they just seek the Lord, and they're just like, God, I just want you, and I just, I'm just coming after you. And like David of old who, you know, lived in caves in the wilderness, you know, as he was being chased by Saul and just diligently, you know, sought after the Lord. And then in time, due time, God raised him up to a place of majesty. In the same way, God, those that humble themselves now and diligently seek after the Lord, God will do the same with you. But it comes, but you know, it's not about getting raised up. It's not about having a big ministry. It's not about those things. It's just, it's getting alone saying, God, I, I need you. I want you. I remember... Uh, before I turn it back over to Deborah, I remember when I worked at, um, my God, I worked at Wendy's for four years. It was my first full-time job as a Christian, you know, because before I was a Christian, I was, you know, doing drugs and stuff. Uh, but once I was uh, once I was born again, I had to get a job. I had to start at, you know, the bottom, and I was working at uh, Wendy's for, and God wouldn't release me from that job for four years. And I remember, like, I came to a place where I was flipping burgers there, and I just, like, I looked and said, you know, God, if this is all I ever do, if this is all I ever do, but I know you, I'm okay with that. And so we, and not only do we have to come to that place, we have to stay at that place, that as God begins to bring blessing as a result of seeking after him into our lives, that we now come to the place where we begin to chase the blessing now. Remember, it's all about knowing Jesus, and those that seek him diligently will have his place of protection, will have that place of glory. It's like Joel two twelve and 13 says, if you keep coming to me, keep seeking after me, don't get a little touch and then get just, okay, I'm good. No, it's it's desperation for God. Amen. That's that's powerful, Adam. But your Wendy story. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's that's so true. Just uh, you said you flipping burgers, but you'd be, you know, and had him, you'd be 
you'd be fine. It reminds me of what Paul said. You know, if I'm if I'm in want or I'm if I have plenty, then I've learned to be content in all in all of this. Um, because why? Because he has has the Lord, so and his presence. And I just wanted to get um, <clears throat> actually that scripture is Philippians four eleven through thirteen. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that that reminds me of that one that's flipping burgers. You would be happy with his presence. So that with that, and I just wanted to um, give out the phone number. We've got about 18 minutes, and the area code is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. And I'm gonna uh, play a quick commercial because we've got we're, um, an event. Our church has an event coming up in DC, and and Brother Frank talked uh, briefly about it. And it's gonna be a powerful event, isn't it, Adam? Amen. We're very excited about it. This is an event that we're believing is absolutely going to shake the nation and be one of the things that God's going to use in this last time uh, to bring about revival of the nation. We don't believe that America's done. We believe that America is going to be revived. We believe America is going to be saved. We believe that the glory of the Lord will once more shine upon this land and hold back the, the powers of darkness and that an end time revival will be reaped. You know, Reinhard Bonnke, who sees the kind of miracles you only read about in books, you know, on a regular basis in Africa, you know, he said that the Lord spoke to him and says that you'll see that on, you'll see that in America. And so you see even Reinhard Bonnke, who Africa has been his prime ministry, focusing on America now. You know, Billy Graham is focusing, is focused on America. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown is focused on America. There will be a revival in this land. The stuff that we talk about in other countries will come to these shores. You'll see it on these shores, and there will be a great revival in this land, and we believe that this is the start of it. Right, so I'm going to play a quick a quick 30-second uh, promo for this. Uh, we'll be right back with you. My name is Rodney Hamburg, and I'm inviting you to come to celebrate America held at the daughters of the American Revolution Constitution Hall for the first three weeks in July. Celebrate America is going to be a spiritual invasion of a Jesus kind. Your nation is counting on you. The only hope for America is another great spiritual awakening. Celebrate America is July the 1st through the 19th, nightly meeting at 7 p.m., and then mass evangelism in the mornings on the streets. Enlist today for free at CelebrateAmericaDC.com. CelebrateAmericaDC.com. And what a celebration that's going to be. Uh, I believe that we are already in the start of a third great awakening. And the other and the other two great awakenings, they didn't realize that they were already in the great awakening. But looking back, uh, you know, looking back on it in the history books, you can see that 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 is uh, that the great awakening. They just they could not tell. So. And also with, um, I know that we kind of, I kind of was veering off. I didn't, I'm not, I'm just trying to make this announcement while I have the, while I have the chance. 
and interrupt the flow. So, but uh, um, just to let you know about Amen. Um, so, you know, it's like in you know the the, the other awakenings are not going are going to pale compared to what's coming. You know, um, and you know in the Old Testament, you know that the the glory came suddenly but left gradually, and then when it finally when it came back, it came back gradually. So in the same way, understand we are in the the baby stages, the beginning stages of this end time revival now. So in the same way. We need to, thankfully, we have time now to prepare ourselves and get ready. And if we'll grow in holiness with it, grow in hunger with it, grow in purity with it, then the glory of the Lord will increase upon us until we see the knowledge of the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the water does the sea. Amen? Amen. And uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, because the glory and everything. And I, I just feel that I actually felt that after the DC commercial uh, to to make an altar call actually right now. So I'm going to go ahead and follow the Holy Ghost. If nobody's ever told you that anybody loves you and has a great plan for your life, I want to tell you right now, God loves you and has a great plan for your life. I have a really quick but important question to ask you. If today was your last day on earth, do you know for a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure at all that you would go to heaven, or you might say, I'm saved, uh, on a scale of one to five, Five, being red hot on fire for Jesus. How do you rate relationship with him? Five, four, three. Uh, just to let you know, in the Holy Bible reads that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon his name shall be saved. If you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and repeat this after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I forgive everybody that's ever hurt, neglected, or abused me. And I forgive myself also for everything I've ever done wrong. I receive your peace, your love, and your joy. Amen. I want to tell you right now, if you prayed that prayer and meant it with your heart, let you know that right now all of your sins are forgiven. You always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you so much, has a great plan for your life. And this end time revival, you're part of it, whatever his plan for your life is. And just let you know that and let you know that you're loved and that you are valuable. Amen. And, um, you know, we always, of course, we're talking about the glory of God. We, of course, uh, want to follow salvation with the invitation to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, um, the Bible is very clear in Joel, 2, in Joel 20. It says, you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And um, some people are listening, and as always, there's probably some that are saying, well, you know, but I thought speaking in tongues was only for some believers. Well, that scripture, I, I want to ask, notice it doesn't say you apostles build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says you beloved. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Are you his beloved? Does Jesus love you? Well, if so, then this gift is for you today. Um, you know, that, that scripture in 1 Corinthians uh, that you're probably thinking of is referring to public gifts of ministry. However, 
So you're absolutely correct. Not everyone is going to get up in the church and give a tongue and interpretation for the people. However, we're not talking about speaking in tongues per se. We're talking about praying in tongues right now. We're talking about you praying to God in this intimate language. So there's an intimate language that we pray to God in that's between us and him. And then there is, of course, a tongue and interpretation for the edification of people. But right now we're talking about the, the edification of you and between you and God. God has a language for you to pray to him. You know, I heard a really great analogy once. He said, you know, if you walked into a, a world leader's office and uh, tried to talk to that world leader just you know, on his level, you wouldn't be able to. Why? Because he knows things that you don't know. There's things he can't say. So in the same way, when you walk into the king of the universe's office, the throne room, and you just try to talk to him on the level of your mental understanding – then you're going to be limited. However, God doesn't want us to be limited. He's given us a way to talk to him on his level, and it's called speaking in tongues. So if you'd like to receive that, the Bible says that if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will he not give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? And it also says that if earthly, father, if earthly sons ask their fathers for bread, he does not give them a snake or a scorpion. And what's amazing to that is, you know, in the Bible, serpents, a serpent was representative in the book of Genesis of what? The devil. Scorpions, you know, Jesus said, I'll give you power to trample on scorpions. Scorpions are representative of demonic powers. In short, Jesus is saying in a symbolic way, in short, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a demon. You're not getting something from the devil. You know, so if you want to receive that from God, the first key is just to trust God and ask. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with power to live for you. I receive that new language. In the name of Jesus. Now, the key is now Jude again. It says, you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So in the same way you can pray in English any time you want, you can pray in tongues any time you want because it's there for the building up of yourself. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was within him. So when I count to three, don't pray in English. Don't pray in Spanish. Don't pray in any other language. When I count to three, begin to speak out the new language. Begin to, I'm literally saying to be, by faith, to begin to speak out some new syllables. And as you do, God will cause this language to begin to flow from you. One, two, three. Now, that presence you feel right now is the presence of Almighty God rising up on the inside of you. That language that you, that you have coming forth from you is, a, is the language of the Holy Ghost. Just begin to speak it out again. You'll notice the, the same language keeps coming out of you. As you begin to keep speaking that, you'll begin to build up your spirit, man, and have, be more in tune with the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. And that was a, a awesome uh, what you said about the serpents and the scorpions. That was a very, very good, Adam. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> gave me some revelation myself. I can explain it better to people. Help me understand myself. Something sometimes you can learn. You can read the Bible a lot, and then you learn new things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At the risk of uh, um, being redundant on things, I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost because uh, um, I'm going to be obedient, and I'm just going to do it. I uh, I feel like whoever it is is still fighting this battle with pornography. And I don't know if you're a frequent listener. I don't know if you're somebody that just tuned in. But I am pleading with you through through God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, please stop it. You're hurting him and you're breaking his heart. I'm asking you, 
by him. I'm giving, I'm just going to give him my vocal cords and I'm just going to say who, whatever it is, it, it, I mean, I understand, I understand that it's addiction, but I, I need to let you know that, that God is giving you chance after chance after chance after chance. And there's going to be a time where there's going to be no more chances. Is it really worth it? Is is it really worth the gratification in the flesh for is it for to to, to be turned over to a reprobate mind? Is it do you love the flesh so much and the gratification of the flesh that you grieve him continually and put him up to public display of shame on the cross and crucify him over? And over and over again. Is it worth the torment of hell? I don't think so. I know it's not. So I am asking you to just do whatever you have to do. I understand it's a struggle. I understand it's an addiction. But whatever you have to do, please do it to break that cycle. Choose life not death. I've said before you, life and death, blessings and cursings, choose life that you might live. So I break that power of pornography and lust in the name of Jesus. I break your power. I break your filth and your defilement off these people's life, off these believers' life. And I was speaking to believers right then, not to non-believers, but believers. So I speak to you right now, you you spirit of lust, pornography, and, and perversion. I break your power in the name of Jesus. I break it. I break your power. I break your power in the name of Jesus. And I command you to loose these people in the name of Jesus. You have no power over them at all in the name of Jesus. And I just speak to I speak to the people that are struggling with it to just make that choice because the only power that that pornography or lust perversion all of those things has over you is you letting them have that power opening the door and keeping it open close open close open close and the more you open close and the more you apologize and the more that you do all those things. The, the harder it's going to be to stop because the strong man goes out searching and, and it, when it's been cast out, the demon's been cast out, it, it goes wandering for dry, through dry and desert places, searching for rest, finding none. So it goes out it gets seven spirits, even stronger than it is, to return to the place and leaves that person and, and a more of a wreck than they were to begin with and more and in, 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 in abound in strongholds. So please stop in the name of Jesus. I mean, I, I, I hear the cry of heaven again. Why, why, why do you why do you why do you put me in public display? Why do you crucify me over and over and over and over again? Why? Why do you do it? I put the call of God on your life. I put the call of God to raise you up to be a mighty man, a mighty woman, a mighty person 
of God, why do you do it? Why do you continuously do it? I put you in charge of mighty things, of great places of leadership. But why? You continuously do it, and you continuously put me up to shame. Please stop it before I turn you over to a reprobate mind and turn you over and without a remedy. Please stop it. You're breaking my heart. Very, very strong words. Uh, the book of James 1.15 says, When desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So don't think to yourself that this thing will never actually cause you to walk completely away from God. There is a point where this thing can grow to the point of giving you, to the, of take, taking you out spiritually, um, and that's a very dangerous place to be. The Bible says that if any man is first entangled and then is completely overcome by the forces of this world, it would be better for them that they had never come to the knowledge of the truth. So I want to just recommend, I mean, whatever you got to do, make yourself accountable. You know, um, if you actually have to have Internet, I want to recommend a browser. It's called the K9, K9 Browser. Download it onto your phone. Download it onto your Internet. It's a very, it, it's, uh, it will cause everything else to be routed through it. So where you can't just go search on Google and Google Chrome and all these other browsers, and it'll it'll block, it'll help block those things. Is that the be all end all? Absolutely not. But if 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 but if you have internet, especially on a mobile device, you 24 hours a day have this temptation right there before you, and that's a good that I just that's a device I want to recommend to people that are struggling with that. But God has freedom for you. If you're willing, the Bible says that whatever you do, the Bible says your right hand offends you, cut it off, pluck your eye out, you know, diligently seek after the Lord. There is freedom in him. Amen. And uh, we're two minutes away from going off the air. Deborah has something to say. Right. We have about two minutes. And uh, just so that you know that obviously we don't want you to go pluck out your eye. Just a disclaimer there, because some people actually might not know that. So, I mean... Just saying, do just, what you gotta do. Just saying, just do what you don't have. You know what you gotta do to get rid of this and to to stop it. But literally, doesn't mean to cut. You know, gouge your eye out or cut your hand off. It's talking figuratively there. But it, is, it is saying to be drastic about it. I mean, whatever you've got to do, nothing is worth going to hell for. You're right, right. But I just wanted to let yeah. them know to not. You know, because some people might not know. But um. If you have any prayer requests, uh, you can send them to Fire Talk Radio and then number two at Fire Talk Ra- I mean, Fire Talk Radio, the number two at yahoo.com. You can call for prayer at 866-857-4837. And to let you know that God, he loves you so much and he does have a great plan for your life. And I, I the Father's heart there, and I just needed to obey, so, and to let you know that he loves you so much, and we're looking forward to you being back with us, joining us next week. Adam, do you have any closing thoughts? We've got about maybe 45 seconds. Just, we appreciate all of our listeners, and we would also just like feedback uh, to the email, uh, Facebook, whatever it is. Please uh, feedback, give us some feedback on how you're being ministered to by this show, that we would really appreciate that, everyone that's listening. Amen. Right, and our Facebook is the Facebook, how you normally get to Facebook. Just look up Fire Talk Radio and then the number two, and it'll it'll come up. So it's just the same as that, but we got about 18 seconds. And just to know that you're loved, you're valuable, you're appreciated, 
and you're needed in the body of Christ. We need you. We love you. And we look forward to you joining us next week. We love you. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.